Hello and a warm welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In today's episode, we have the awesome Julie taking us on a really great discussion topic, which is talking about when you just don't enjoy PPC and talking about burnout. So burnout and just not enjoying PPC, whether it's because of the people or the technology or platforms or just different kind of things. And um, obviously, the longer we've been it, the longer we're likely to have had burnt out. But yeah, even if you've been doing it for a short period of time, it doesn't mean you're excluded from the possibility of having burnout. So it's always about being just fully aware. And we talk about some of those things, how to really spot it, the parts of PPCs that are really more likely to give burnout, what you do about it, and the things that you do to help prevent burnout or decrease, you know, the enjoyment with your work so yeah this is something just to help those who are in PPC who have been in it for a long time for a short time to you know get through the mundane get through the firefighting moments because yeah both both are not enjoyable and just to get to a point where you are enjoying it and you have motivation for it so yeah hope you enjoy Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion, excuse me, the Slack discussion even, that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I'm recording from my studio here in London, UK and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions and even if you do then like, follow, share and retweet and that's right right twitter i am still there on twitter but i'm mostly on linkedin so yeah either search for the marketing anu or find me on anu addict baller on both linkedin and on twitter or you can find us on our join our linkedin group which is the ppc chat roundup group or if you're on instagram why don't you check out our previous episodes or our previous snippets and quotes on the profile at ppcchat underscore roundup. So yeah, we'll be talking about burnout and how to prevent it, how to look out for it, and just, you know, things that things that we can do when we just feel ourselves not enjoying PPC as much. And yeah, but before we get into the questions and answers, especially for a topic like this, there definitely is no, it's, it's, there's no like level of seniority that needs to be worried about this. We are a friendly and supportive community. You know, the chat is intended for all PPC professionals of all levels. So if you have something you want to share, whether it's live during the chat or later on, yeah, please do, please add your thoughts, please add your tips and out. But if you, you know, you don't have any ideas yourself and you just happily listen to me, tell you, talk you through the expert advice given by a PPC community, then welcome. Thank you for joining us on this episode. So yeah, Julia Sezia, thank you for joining today. We're going to talk about burnout and what and when we just don't enjoy PPC. We all go through it, but first, how are we all doing? And yeah, loads of people joined today. I feel like I should mention that first of all, Julian Philip, great surviving burnout. Julian says off the cuff, Julian Vice goes, goes not bad, I think. Peter Bowen goes, life is good, thanks. Just, just landed a new client for some post-click consulting. I hope that doesn't lead to burnout. Ali Russell goes, today was harder 
Uh, it was a harder day to come into work. Pretty strange as I usually love it. I'm excited to see this is the topic today. But yeah, people love to talk about burnout. Ali Medi Kadam responds saying pretty relaxed than usual for a change. Diana Alina joins us saying happy to be back after a long pause. Dwayne Brown as well joins us saying almost quit the industry in 2012 but felt like I did not know what else to do and felt blah. Glad he stuck it out. Yeah, Gillian Phillips goes there to Diana goes, how do you get back into it after a long pause, right? That's a good question. Slobodan goes, life is good. And then, yeah, Robert Brady as well says, can't complain. Mild weather, Why mild winter so far. Yeah, it's been up and down in terms of winter. We've got winds, had winds. I've already, I'm already staring at a broken down fence that I need to get fixed in my house between mine and my neighbor's house. So yeah, interesting, interesting weather we have in London. Anyway, let's get into the questions. So Julie starts us off with, you know, a nice, easy one talking about how long have you been working in PPC and are you in-house agency or freelancer or consultant? So that's our Q1. How long have you been working in PPC? Are you in-house agency or a freelancer? So yeah, loads of people joined the conversation for this. Peter Bowen, 17 years. Julia Vice, 16 to 18, depending on how you categorize SEO writing. And sorry, and Peter as well, Peter Bowen says he's a one-man consultant at the moment, but he has owned an agency in the past. Ali Medi goes since 2012, 12 years, consulting and agency. Gillian Phillips, about five years, year one with an agency, and I've been freelance ever since. Julie goes, I've been in marketing since before the internet and in PPC since it began. So 20-ish years, been a consultant that whole time. Dwayne Brown, 18 years, have an agency the last seven years, also working in-house at brand. Ali Russell goes, yeah, I'm pretty fresh at two years and working at an agency the whole time. Dougal Thomas, 14 years, mostly agency, now freelance, everything from big picture to specific implementations. Aaron Cohen, I started with Google Ads not long after Google started having ads. So since 2002, it's almost to the point where I can say to the Google support reps, I've been using Google ads longer than you've been alive, right? (laughs) That's hilarious. Amy Little goes, I've been working in Google ads for eight years now, always at an agency. Julie goes, yeah, I love that we have so many different levels and types of experience here in the chat today. That's brilliant. Slobodan goes, I've been in the PPC industry for a little over six years. I have worked from small to large agencies with big brands since the beginning of COVID. I started more seriously with freelancing and now I have I want to turn into something more like a micro agency or consultancy. Bryce Liggins goes 10 years at an agency, all facets of digital, heavy focus on paid search. Travis Bierschel goes, yeah, 10 years starting with an agency, now a solo venture. Dana goes, I've been working in the PPC field for the past six years. I currently work in-house for the last three years. Kyle Taylor, 10 years in PPC now, was agency size since June 2023, freelancing a longer way for the last five to six years as well. Kristen Zernheld, who does a podcast is a search engine lab podcast, Marketing O'Clock. Yeah, that's a great podcast you should listen to as well, the Marketing O'Clock podcast. And yeah, Christine is joining us on this one. Well, joining the chat, not the podcast. <laughs> Five and a half years on the agency side. Myself, so that's myself, Anu. Yeah, I've been doing this for since 2008. So yeah, I'm sure I've been doing like, you know, been in the industry longer than some of our Google ads reps. I'm currently working with a tech marketing tech company, but I have worked in-house agency and I have freelanced as well. So done it all. Austin Dillman started working in marketing in 2005, got into PPC in 2009, in-house 
up until early 2019 and full-time freelancer ever since. Christian Young, 17 years here, 14 in-house and three in an agency setting. Mena Chim, been doing Google Ads for 20 plus years. I started in-house e-commerce in 2003, started freelancing in 2008, 2009 and ultimately morphed into a micro agency. Melissa McKee as well, 22 years since 2002. That's a long time. Robert Brady started in 2006, done the in-house thing, owned an agency, worked for a couple agencies, now more of a one-man band. And yeah, Lindsay Casey as well says, many years, general marketing, 10 years, PPC, currently in-house, have previously worked at an, at an agency and freelanced. And now that we've gotten the, the experience of the room, what is the experience of the room? <laughs> is that question out of the way? Now we've gotten that one out of the way. Now we get to the crux of our question saying, have you ever felt burnt out or had a period where you just were not enjoying PPC for a while? Did anything in particularly lead up to the burnout or lack of enjoying feelings? Julia Vice, absolutely. I have felt burnout out of my depth. Like I've lost my touch and other times I've felt invigorated and ready for something new. It happens and it's not a nice feeling, but very normal. Amy Little, yes, mostly because of the specific agency I was working in, but after my mentor there passed away. Wow. Being the only person at my company that knew anything about running ads was really isolating and I was second guessing whether I was doing anything right, which is why there is a PPC Life community as well. This is why, this is, which is why this kind of community exists. And we also have a WhatsApp group of over 600 and close to 650 people in there and people feel that they're part of a team and which is you know really important especially when someone like you know you have a mentor who dies wow very harsh Gillian Phillips, yes, I first I first felt it at an agency I started with, but that was due to my inexperience, so I didn't mind staying late and starting early. Another time it happened, I was definitely being picked on by my peers and supervisors, ended up leaving that agency. Wow, that's harsh. Peter Bowen, I have several times over the years. The first time was when Google suspended every account under our MCC because one of my clients added something called Google Money Tree to their website. It took three months for them to resolve the situation. Three months. Woo. Julie Bicini as well goes, I have felt both for sure burnout when I was just working too much and had poor work-life boundaries and an overbearing client can kick you over into burnout too. Definitely had period where I was not enjoying the work over the years too. Dwayne Brown says post living in Australia in 2012, 2012 felt like a time I was little lost and unsure what to do. Most recently during the pandemic, I was working so much that I don't even know if I was burnt out or not. I did just sleep a lot and try to get more morning yoga time. Julia Vice as well says, yeah, I'll say as well, I definitely had burnout feelings during lockdowns. The last few years have been rough and on good days, I felt like I was helping. On bad days, I felt like I was just cluttering up the internet with ads. Ooh. Bryce Lincoln's um, response saying, yeah, real burnout in the agency world in 2020. My role shifted to convincing clients to not cancel contracts and turn off spend. Tough time for sure. Absolutely. Kyle Taylor have definitely felt burnout in client facing roles. When I was at a former company, many people were at over 120% capacity, but leadership was restraining, was resisting to hiring my people to balance the workload and taking time off meant I had to work longer hours the week before and week after my time off. Annoying. 
Peter Bowen responds saying, I felt it more recently too, because sometimes it feels like an endless struggle against Google and with clients self-sabotaging. Travis Beershield says, yeah, for me, great clients help to avoid burnout. It's when clients create demands out of scope, underappreciate work or fail to try to see eye to eye that I find motivation suffers. It's really that work itself, how that it, it's rarely the work itself that contributes in my experience. There are endless mini problems to solve in platform that keep things fun and interesting. Even platform changes creates an opportunity to critically think and adapt strategies. Gillian Phillips goes, yeah, I'd also add that one thing that led me to burn out the second time was being asked to revise work over and over. That time I was up until midnight and had an early morning client call. Oh, that's annoying, especially when it's a pitch. That's why I never really liked pitching for work because it'd always be stressful, especially within agencies. Dogar Thomas as well says, yeah, so this might not be the scope of the question, but the thing that made me burn out was always a management thing rather than, than a doing the work thing. Agency sales goals, driving client strategies, sending good traffic to bad creative. It's always being done that way, not getting compensated, all sorts of causes, none of which had to do with the work whack and he continues yes uh, julian lack of account support and or project management is a big one too travis goes to amy little yeah saying yeah that's a good call out having advocates both in company and client side can be vital to mental health at work julie goes yeah the pace of change in the last few years coupled with covid and everything since that began has made it easier to feel burnt out or isolated or just plain tired it's not just you Ali as well said, yeah, this was especially after I worked for a large client that was spending 300 to 400,000 a month with a unique set of challenges after their contract ended and they went in-house for a while working on smaller clients with a three to five K budget and having weekly meetings felt extremely disengaging Enjoyed enjoyed the boom was working 14 to 15 hours across different time zones, but ultimately got burnt out and health suffered. Yeah. 14 to 15 hours, different time zones. That is recipe for burnout. And he then says, took a short break to reset. That was mid 2022. Peter Bowen goes to Dog R. Thomas saying, it sounds like those are all things you can't control, which I understand is a common sense, common reason for mental health issues like stress, depression, and burnout. Julia Weiss goes, yeah, I find myself, myself advocating for my team a lot, and that sometimes doesn't leave room for me. Very appreciative that I work for a company with lots of support. Bryce Liggins says, yeah, when I was just starting out, I had some clients that were borderline scams taking advantage of people. Those cause, cause burnouts quick. It feels better to get to tell those opportunities no these days. And then Christine responds saying, my happiness is 100% dependent on who my clients are at the time and how much I'm enjoying collaborating with my team. If my client has the right goals, money to spend and proper tracking in place, I am usually happy. Julia Weiss goes to Julianne Phillips saying, it's rare, that's for sure. I'm not even certain the US version of my company is as supportive as we are. Yeah, so and just to caveat here that julia actually works in canada so she's saying that the supportive team that she has are are canadian based 
So not sure that the US team has as a supportive team as um, they have in Canada. Julie goes, yeah, we're always here for support if you're not getting it in your work environment. Julianne, Alex Nicole goes, yeah, I for sure have experienced burnout and felt a lack of enjoyment from PPC. I find myself asking, what's the point both when I'm overwhelmed with work and when I don't have enough work to do? It can be hard for me to land in that sweet spot as agency work is so up and down at times. It can be a roller coaster of emotions. Caltella goes, when I worked in a client services role doing consulting work, our sales team was very hit or miss. Bad clients paying little money, but being constant thorns in my side. Travis, you mentioned it. Good clients can make heavier workloads easier to manage. Dana Alina as well says, I have low moments when I feel underappreciated, when a lot is asked and a lot is offered from my side. Full capacity and overtime, but it is never enough. Dougar Thomas goes, I feel though, I don't know, bad clients are largely more institutional failures than a client being bad. So yeah, it's the whole process. The client is bad because a lot of pressure is being put on him and a lot of pressure is being put on that person and just the whole company doesn't have a great process and a great mindset of how marketing should work. Ali Russell as well said, we have a smaller team at work and have tried to add more employees, but doesn't always work. We continue to get more and more accounts and responsibility, but not added benefit to us. Additionally, feels like our team often gets overlooked in the agency. SEO is always going to be king, but appreciation for the SEM team goes a long way, perhaps because it's so rare. Julia Vice goes, yeah, what's that old saying? The 4K clients want we want weekly check-ins and monthly in-depth reporting the one million dollar client wants to know what's up quarterly over lunch right it's a lot easier process the people who spend a lot more i think she continues i find it's a lot about appreciation and being reasonable like i can't force your budget to change but i can work hard with what you've got and be realistic with goals as long as you see the work we're doing and appreciate us we're pretty good and bryce goes yeah give me the one million <laughs> client all day to to uh, julia vice dogar thomas goes i think to a, a 4k yeah client a four thousand dollar client is spending a lot more percentage of revenue than a one million dollar client so yeah it's less important to the agency but more important to the client same with websites if you shrug at $10,000 for a website. That's because it's not your whole marketing budget for a quarter. Travis Bierschel as well responds to Dougal Thomas saying, I define bad clients in a few concrete ways. Point of contacts who are not empowered to think or decide autonomous from higher ups create slowdowns const constantly. Businesses who do not have a handle on their business math and therefore an appropriate CAC, so headaches for savvy advertisers. Clients who do not respect scope, recognize creep or appreciate when it's called out. Arguments abound objectively poor personalities in the mix like that so he goes most of all these are solved with better client side management but perhaps that's what you're saying julia vice goes yeah exactly right to dogar thomas and build that into your expectations this type of client will be inquisitive maybe annoying they may need to report these numbers across a lot of teams they'll need explanations and education it can be built into the scope and appreciation on their part goes a long way dogar thomas goes yeah those are all sales issues in my opinion specifically scope is a big issue with retail 
retainer style contracts and an agency being too hungry. And I was also like, for me, definitely it's mostly when I was in my agency roles where they will be pitching, we'll be pitching for a client and then we'll win the client, but we don't actually have enough resources to, you know, manage the client. So everybody's workload doubles while they're recruiting and, and only giving us like, you know, pizza parties to say thank you for our extra efforts. I also said also when things start going wrong and the client demands weekly meetings and the seniors are in firefighting, give the client whatever they want mode. So yeah, when you were just in firefighting, just like, yeah, just give them what they want. You throw processes out of the window. Those are the times where burnout happens quickly. Melissa McKay goes, yes, when I'm overworked with no end in sight, I love PPC, but not when I don't have time to do it right. Ashton Clark goes, I've definitely struggled with burnout. There's a number of factors over the years, but more recently, I've I've felt very isolated in my role and haven't been able to grow myself or client accounts the way I'd like to. Client demands in particularly have been getting to me and constantly dealing with contradictions in their request for example saying that they have a lot of room to grow on paid media channels want to test new things and have lofty goals to outperform 2023 but then cutting their ad spend budgets for 2024 in all i'm all about efficiency and trying to make it work but sometimes there's only so much you can do and it can be exhausting absolutely manicham goes yeah i definitely get overwhelmed from time to time but i love what i do Robert Brady goes, I view getting burnt out like exercise. If you push too hard, then you aren't gaining. You're actually regressing. And finding that balance means sometimes you overdo. Happens to me frequently and I have to recalibrate. Mark Chambers goes, sometimes when a client isn't happy, even though you achieved over six to one ROI last year, it makes you think you're not good enough. There are other clients who are so easy to work with and it makes it more enjoyable. So much to be said for a healthy client agency relationship. And then going on to question three, we have Julie asking, is there a particular part of PPC that tends to make you feel more burnt out or dislike PPC work? I'd say it's usually the people. So, you know, that whole either the client service team who just are like, yep, we just need to give the client whatever they want or just, you know, a bad stakeholder who doesn't get the point of PPC properly it's usually the people rather than technology and one of the answers down here says it exactly as i would so that was ali who says i think it always a result of people problems and not ppc problems unless there's no conversion tracking then it becomes a ppc problem so yeah a lot of time it's a people problem so more on um, particular parts of PPC that tends to make us feel more burnt out. Julia Vice as well goes, not really PPC itself, but like feeling like I have to have the right answer at the drop of a hat, which I do to myself, by the way, by constantly answering yes to various requests. Yeah, don't do that, Julia. Peter Bowen as well responds saying, starting a new chat campaign for a new client. I've done it hundreds of times over the years, but I still refresh the dashboard way too often while waiting for the first leads to arrive. Julian Phillip goes, yeah, in my experience, post-click work. I love it, but clients tend to be slow to implement CRO changes. I also deal a lot with back-end updates and web dev on site changes, completely erasing conversion tracking are annoying dogar thomas goes doing anything you know is a bad strategic move for the client diana lena goes yeah over explaining to non-ppcers the way things work and not being understood 
unreasonable requests in spite of over explaining why something is not possible or that it might be a bad move. I find this lack of understanding the most mentally tiring. Sam Tomlinson goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is 90% people plus 10% work. The clients who ask for daily updates and constantly want to tweak stuff are exhausting. Dwayne Brown goes, I think because no one ever no, no one ever trains you on it ever. Clients and talking to them comes and worrying what clients would ask in the early days was hard. I had to learn most clients are just curious and no one was out to get me. Plus, just learn the ad account better than the back of my hand and I will be fine. Slobodan goes, yeah, I work hard to find ideal clients where I can easily apply under promise over deliver thingy yep ali as well goes yeah and people who want proposals ideas reports strategic help like yesterday and won't move an inch till six months and keep asking for the above yeah julia vice goes i have a commitment to my team to teach them comms as part of onboarding no one gets thrown in the pit around me amazing support there julia as well says yeah as others have said dealing with difficult and or draining clients can certainly suck all the fun out of any account work lately the pace of changing can make me feel less than stoked about the work i feel like i have explained so many new and different things to clients in the last two years a bit exhaustive travis bershall as well responds saying google changing fundamentally google changing fundamentally with poor communication it's one thing to say here's our public facing rationale that will resonate with you advertiser or brand it's another to say we're evolving deal with it right under then secondly underprepared clients there are basics that should be defaults at this point like having a healthy youtube channel understanding and owning conversion tracking and being prepared with a website's evolution to better serve advertising and then he goes lack of platform side support this is especially common today when there are no support articles to find to help with a fix it can be particularly isolating not to mention a time suck yeah and then dogar thomas goes yeah you know, to responding responding to Dwayne, saying huge thing a big part of leveling up in my career was learning that no one teaches how to talk to clients and then all of a sudden you're client facing right Maybe we should need to write a post about that client facing, how to do client communication properly and what to remember and what to think about when actually approaching it. Josh M responds saying those are the worst types of people and they're not unique to PPC. Unfortunately, Dwayne Brown goes, yeah, that is a good thing to Julia Vice saying that, yeah, we spent a lot of time the last three years refining and just always talk about comms, monthly reports and client calls. Julia Vice goes, yeah, literally running presentation training for all managers and under this quarter. Dwayne Brown goes, yeah, after one plus years with a client, our role is more comms than account work. Dogar Thomas goes, unlike it's an agency principal problem the amount of times i've been in a meeting after a meeting figuring out damage control from a principal not letting the account team do their job ali russell as well says yeah one thing i have been dealing with repeatedly recently is rush builds but then the client sitting on the documents that i need to get everything up and running one thing why i try my best to ask my client service team not to overpromise to clients to get things up and running asap in the end feels like the blame ends up on me even when i'm waiting for cs and the client how annoying 
And Julie as well says, working on low conversion volume accounts, which I have done forever, is so much harder now in Google Ads. All of the automation and machine learning is leaving these accounts high and dry with zero acknowledgement from Google. That is incredibly frustrating, particularly when coupled with the frequent, it does not work that way anymore conversations that happen every month. Gillian Phillip as well responds to Ali Russell saying rush builds are the worst. Clients rarely have it all together from access to ready to use creatives and strong landing pages. Absolutely. And yeah, Julia as well, you know, <laughs> yeah, feels for Ali Russell going to her saying, sounds like you don't have control over those rush scenarios. But one thing I brought with me from my web design days is a production schedule and language in the contract right with the schedule that explicitly says failure to meet production schedule deadline may result in future steps of deliverables being delayed. Helps a lot. And I think that that's a very great idea, but then that's if you work as a consultant, as a freelancer on your own, when you're working in an agency where they don't care about those, yeah, X, you know, can lead to Y, like failure to do one thing can lead failure to another thing. Yeah, it can be quite hard. And Melito goes, ditto to Julia Vice, the black box of the AI machine learning is really frustrating for low volume accounts. Dogar Thomas saying ASAP is a recipe for disaster every time. And again, it's a sales problem, not a practitioner problem. This, the the ops or PM folks give the sales folks the lead time, but the sales folks struggle with the challenges that someone else will ultimately come in with a low and faster bid. Big issues with non-differentiated firms, especially. And Josh M goes, yeah, Google's updated or loser match types are burning me out at the moment. Even exact is basically broad now. Wow. Julia Vice goes, yeah, we literally have a report going out showing brand CPC increase across accounts due to match types loosening. It's us versus them, unfortunately. Melissa McKee goes, yeah, bad clients can speed up burnout, asking for daily meetings, wanting daily updates, going in and making changes and not telling us. Oh, exhausting. Dogar Thomas says, yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm gunning for the sales folks, but their jobs are hard too. It's complex world we live in. It's a complex world we live in and we're all just doing our best with the external forces pressuring us. Julia Weiss as well says, what is with that? I have language in my contracts that activity in the accounts not be taken by us absolves us of responsibility for results. Yes, it's got that bad. Wow. And she continues, I think it works best when sales and us are in the conversation together. It can prevent a lot of nonsense. Melissa as well goes response to um, Julia Vice saying we're getting to that point after saying it over and over verbally. It's crazy. And this is talking about bad, bad clients being able to speed up burnout and asking for daily meetings and wanting daily updates and going in and making changes and not telling us. Medicine Annie as well says, yeah, when I try and I try, but everything fails to perform still gets to me after all these years, even when I know I've done everything right. River Minkoff goes, yeah, a lot of the switch to AI is getting really frustrating. We're used to being able to control things and now there's so much where we can't, yet we're still held responsible. And then, yeah, Robert Brady as well responds to Sam Tomlinson saying, hit the nail on the head. Bad clients have been the source of the worst burnouts for me in my career. So yeah, very active chat already because yeah, we've only gone through three questions and we've, from my end, we've, we've hit like the close to 30 minute mark here, but we only have a couple more questions to go. So 
stick around to to get some much, plenty more advice. And now we're going on to, you know, what do we do to help alleviate the burnout and what has been most helpful. So yeah, this is the place where we try to help each other get out of the dark hole of burnout. Amy Little starts herself saying, left PPC and worked in implementation management for a year at a disgustingly toxic company i came crawling back to ppc wow so that's very much to think the grass is not always greener on the other side so as much as ppc might suck there'll be loads of other areas that suck and the way i see it is that no industry no area of working whether you're the client whether you're the your ppc advertiser whether you're the salesperson or the client services person or a different department it's all about choosing which challenge you're you're comfortable with there's no role that you'll be in that will be free of challenges and the possibility of burnout so we should all be kind to each other whether you're you know working in the area you're in or you're frustrated at the people that you're work that's working in a different department Jill Vice goes open communi- communication with my boss and my colleagues therapy helped uh, is helping hiring more help and helped sorry hiring more help but it didn't happen right away Melissa McKee got a new job. <laughs> Being laid off from my last job was a wake-up call and I realized I still love this kind of work. Found a great role in a new company and I'm, I am and I am revitalized. Amazing. Julie as well says, yeah, talking about it helps realizing that you're not the one or you're not the only one experiencing the things that are bringing you down in PPC at that time. Amy Little goes plugging, keeping a smile file too. So it's cheesy, but if I get great feedback from a client manager or or someone else, I stick it in a document so that when burnout creeps in, I can see reminders of the good parts. And that really helps with imposter syndrome as well. That whole, like your happy folder, your compliments folder, your great feedback folder, make sure you have it on hand so that when, you know, you start getting those niggling voices in your head going, yo, you can't do this. You don't know what you're doing. You remind yourself of the times when you've done it very well before. So why wouldn't you be able to do it again? Ali Russell as well says, response saying, sounds cheesy, but at work, I come up with two to three things daily that I am grateful for in my current role. I am grateful for my PPC team and that we can share our successes, failures, and frustrations openly. I am grateful for this community as I was feeling extra over today when I first got to work. Now I am feeling a little better, ready to take on the day. That's amazing to hear from Ali. Peter Bowen goes, yeah, I've added some varieties. So instead of just managing accounts, I now also offer consulting mentoring and i'm working on a SaaS in the ppc space being able to change hats every now and then keeps the work feeling fresh alex nicole gaze goes being upfront and honest in my communication with my boss or co-workers or employee going to therapy practicing meditation and participating in these conversation has been helpful to me amazing so guys those who are quiet, the words, those who are the lurkers, maybe consider joining the conversation. That will just make you feel better, I'm sure. Diana Lina goes, respecting my personal time and doing things for myself in my free time without feeling guilty about not constantly thinking about work, enjoying the little things, spending time with loved ones, smiling in spite of the bad moments and trying to be in equilibrium. Julie as well says, I've seen others talking about keeping a file of your successes to look at what you're struggling with your work, to look at when you're struggling with your work. I like this idea a lot. 
Gillian Phillips goes, yeah, I cut ties quickly. Agencies and employers in general, in my experience, in my experience, have always seen people as expendable, not caring for their general health and well-being. Took me a while to learn this. And since I have, I leave when burnout hits. Amazing. The problem is some people then worry about whether there is a market to just jump back into another role. So yeah, if you can find it easy to get a new role after the place that you're at, if you reach a you know, stage of burnout and you can just leave and jump into a new role, that's great because being unemployed uh, can lead to a state of mental health burnout as well. Davis Baker goes one time off to reframing. River Minkoff goes, yeah, diversifying your business. Dogar Thomas goes, a big thing is having camaraderie with your peers. Others noted in other questions that feeling isolated can, can exacerbate the burnout. It's entirely true. This is, I think, the biggest challenge with remote work. Biggest, biggest challenge. I have that personal challenge. Working on my own, working in London, just sitting uh, there, it will be annoying. Dog Artemis goes, goes, I will not have survived my first agency gig without the rest of us. Yep, Dwayne Brown goes, better systems, better systems, processes and SOPs to get past the work I don't always enjoy. Automate as much as I can. Just make sure I cap my hours each week. There will always be work tomorrow. No point trying to do everything. Melissa McKee as well responds saying PPC chat is invaluable for connecting with others, experiencing similar things. Absolutely. The whole, you know, we are not in this thing alone. Travis Bierschel responds saying establishing the mental health boundary of there will be times when I need to step away from work and I need that to perform at my best. Good managers or companies will understand this. No questions asked. PTO can be personal with no rationale provided. If time off is needed instantly by an employee, this should be a cue to managers that something may be up with said person. A conversation about workload, sanity and happiness should be on the near horizon. If you don't feel you need time off, you should take it anyway. Stepping away from work helps your mind solve problems, inspires creativity and hits a reset button you may not recognize you need. Manicham goes, yeah, in recent years, my focus has been on only working with clients who pass my vibe test. Good people equals to less stress. Absolutely. Dogar Thomas responds to Dwayne saying, oh my gosh, yes, 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 SOP. So that's standard operating practices. Talk with your ops person. Get your tasks templatized. So get a template for all your tasks. Get your accounts folks stable deliverables that they know what they're sending the clients. Get your sales folks the same kind of projections every time. Julie goes, yeah, setting and maintaining boundaries is also crucial, 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 crucial. And self-care, like Sarah Steeman wrote on the PPC Live UK blog. So please go check that out. And then, yeah, Amy Little as well saying, dittoing, setting boundaries and learning to say, no, I'm terrible at this, but just said no to something huge yesterday because it would mean massively overworking myself in the next few weeks and could not be happier than that I took care of my future self. Absolutely. Robert Brady goes, I like what Manicham said, work with good clients that match your vibe and connecting with peers is huge. I attend a local networking meetup group and have lunch with individuals occasionally. Go to a conference or two each year. I try to make PPC chat each week. Lastly, have hobbies outside of work that interest and engage you. Julian Phillips as well says, I'm heavy on the if you don't feel 
you need time off, you should take it anyway. If you wait until you feel the burnout, it's already too late. Absolutely. Melissa McKee goes, I'm watching two squirrels chase each other outside my window right now. And even that can reset my mood. Yeah. Make sure your work position is somewhere where you have a good visibility. I think what really helps me not get to a burnt out stage is that my view is my garden, my blue shed. Blue is my favorite color. You know, the sky outside, even at night, sometimes I just see a full moon and that really helps put a smile on my face. Peter Bowen as well responds saying, wanted to add that exercising has felt like it's been a good antidote to work. I surf nearly every morning at sunrise and do other stuff too. I'm in better shape at 53 than I was at 43, I think. Amazing there, Peter. Julia Vice goes, I'm very insistent with my team that we book vacation as early as possible. Waiting till Q4 puts pressure on the end of the year and will exhaust you. Davis Baker goes, yeah, similar to ultra or marathon running. If you wait until you're hungry to eat, it's too late. Ali Russell goes to Peter Bowen. Yes, I'm a new mom. Little man is almost six months. After my hardest days at work, I take my time to enjoy bath and bedtime moments. But then I hit the peloton and I feel like I am ready to go all over again. If only I could get a workout in before my day and start with that mindset. And Ali goes, yeah, I took a break of two to three months after I took a, lo- a toll on my health, got married. I set my boundaries more effectively now and keep reminding myself on a good or a bad day this too shall pass don't beat yourself over it and don't get too excited as well there's lots of variables that are in my control focus only on what you can Ashton Clark goes yeah reprioritizing things I enjoy outside of PPC has helped has definitely helped I've also tried setting better boundaries and have leaned into the mindset that perfect is the enemy of good without sacrificing the overall quality of work absolutely perfect is the enemy of good don't overthink don't overstress yourself before you deliver something and then going to our last question of the day julie asks are there things you do to help prevent burnout or decrease enjoyment with your ppc work and i think some of those answers have been given like the whole make sure you exercise more make sure you get involved in a community or get away from your desk make sure you go on holiday and be and don't wait till q4 before you book your holidays so i think overall it's all about taking care of yourself but julie also gives some some extra ones here saying yeah i'm picky about the projects i take on and i know it is easy to think well how nice that you can do that but the truth is you can too every terrible project or client you work with keeps you from landing a much better one melissa mckee goes clearly stating slas up front with clients goes a long way i also take daily walks and that helps immensely Diana Elena goes taking a break when I need to and trying to be peaceful in spite of anything that might come to me just accept things not overthink things too much Julie goes oh giving yourself space to get back to people you absolutely do not have to have instant answers if you tend to panic agree to stuff start forcing yourself to say something like I will get back to you via email on that after our call to buy yourself a moment to think before you answer or commit to anything absolutely Robert Brady goes, get outside for whatever reason, sunshine, fresh air, physical activity. Travis Bierschel goes plus one for Robert Brady's note about having hobbies outside of work and Peter's about exercising regularly. Both provide that reset to focus upon returning to work, solving problems unconsciously and keep you more well-rounded physically and mentally. Julian Phillips goes, yeah, set expectations early on, i.e. the first interaction if possible. Say no more often 
be and be sure to adv- advise clients when their decisions can lead to poor performance and then go for a walk while everything goes up in smoke. I go for a lot of walks. <laughs> Why is everything going up in smoke, Julian? That that concerns me. <laughs> Travis Bearshaw goes, yeah, I also have a sticky note on my monitor that reads, is it really a big deal or are you just making it one? I find this to be a helpful almost daily mantra. Alex Nicole goes, I took email notification of my phone entirely before going on a vacation a few years ago and never turned them back on. I don't think I'll ever turn them back on either. I also disable Slack notifications after working hours. When I'm away from work, I am more difficult to reach. This is marketing, not brain surgery. I encourage everyone I work with to do the same. Julie goes, yeah, one gem from therapy I'll share too. All feelings are temporary. If you're feeling stressed or anxious or whatever that feeling or whatever that feeling will pass, give yourself space for it too, if you can, so you can have a clearer perspective. Diana Alina goes, yeah, talking about sticky notes. I have one on my laptop saying life is beautiful. I am happy. Absolutely. Peter Bowen. Yeah, we've got some sticky notes talk here again. I have a sticky note that says call Dave, but I can't remember who Dave is or what it's about. (laughs) I love it. Call Dave. Just call all the days on your phone, Peter. I'm sure you'll get to the bottom of which Dave you meant to talk to, or you'll just have a good conversation, a funny conversation with all the Daves. Dogar Thomas as well says that, yeah, if you are only an employee, remember that the company only cares about you as a cog in the machine. This is true even in good places that value their cogs and want to keep them oiled and maintained. Ali Russell as well responds saying, yeah, my sticky note says greatness is a matter of conscious choice. That's another good one. Greatness is a matter of conscious choice. Dogar Thomas saying, yeah, this isn't to be negative, but to remember what's really important, even if you want to be a really good cog, which is valid. Diana Lina goes, love how everyone has an inspirational sticky note. Maybe Dave is your secret inspiration you don't know about, Peter. I agree to that, Diana. I agree. Yeah. And on that note, a very lively and very helpful note from everyone. We come to the end of our chat and this end of this episode. I hope you found great takeaways. This was full of them. Honestly, if you didn't find great takeaways, you weren't listening properly. <laughs> Maybe you need to listen to the episode again, which I don't mind. But yeah, if you have any questions or if there was any any corrections about anything that I've said shared here, please get in touch with me or, or get in touch with me on Twitter or on threads or on LinkedIn. Just search for the marketing Anu or my name Anu Adikbola or on LinkedIn. We have the PPC chat roundup a group as well if you want to join us on there. It'd be great for get to get all long-standing members or brand new listeners who have listened um, to an episode for more than 30 seconds to leave a review, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or Podchaser. With Spotify it's generally like a rating that you leave and takes seconds to actually implement. So yeah, if you go to linktree.com forward slash PPC chat underscore roundup, it'll give you all the links as to where you can leave a quick rating for us. And yeah, we've got our next event, our next PPC live event happening February 1st. So depending on when you're listening to this, this could be for tomorrow. It could have been happening today. It could have been yesterday that it was happening or, you know, whenever you're going to listen to it, we had a fantastic February 1st event. I'm sure I'll be able to say because we've got a sellout, you know, increase, you know, we've we smashed our target based on like my year on year target. So what we, we did on February, the attendance we had on February, we are going to beat that this February as well. So I'm really excited for that. But if you're listening to this before February, 
5 p.m. on Thursday, the 1st of February. Go to ppcliveuk.com. You can still come and join us. There are over 100 people that have already bought a ticket. So you're going to be in very good company from different agencies and brands and and freelancers and consultants and people who are just passionate about talking about the issues of our PPC. We're going to be talking about SEO and PPC working better well together. We're going to be talking about measuring in, in the world of, you know, third-party cookies going away and Google has already announced that they're going to test removing that for 1% of its users. I'm sure that percentage will increase as time goes on. And we're going to have Byron from We Discover talking about demand and supply of paid search and how to understand the goals of your clients, your client goals, your brand goals, and making sure you're working towards that. So very interesting topics. Go to ppcliveuk.com to get your tickets. Finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week.